Episode 120 of the Bevan James Isles Show. Do you trust yourself? Radio team, welcome along to episode 120 of the Bevan James Isles Show, your fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness so that you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Welcome along. Uh, i got to say, I'm not one to talk about weather, actually. I, I am actually because we're having the most amazing summer in, in New Zealand in Christchurch right now. And it's so hot. I've actually got my in my office at home. I've, the sun's shining, so I've got the curtain pulled or the kind of blind pulled down my curtain uh, because it's, I've got to keep the sun out of this room. It's so hot right now. So I can technically say it's so hot right now. So that's kind of cool. Today's show. Today's show. I've got a really interesting show. Um, one that I put a lot of thought into over the last period of time. It's a, it's a topic that I find pretty fascinating um, and something that I really learned working with one of my clients and so I think there's going to be a lot of value and, and it's around trust um, and yeah I think if you know if you are someone who maybe doesn't trust yourself uh, this could be of, of value to you. Uh, what else has been happening? I think there's not much else to really talk about at the moment. I think I'm pretty much going to get straight into the show. Just going to say one thing I have been talking with, with a lot of my clients right now is um what are the, you know, we're, we're at the end of 2017, we're just about the end of 2017, and it's, you know, we're heading to that moment where we stop and reflect, and one of the questions I like to throw at people at the end of the year is just kind of, what's the wisdom you've gained this year? Uh, what have been some of the things that, you know, that have made you a wiser version of yourself, that's helped you evolve, and, you know, as you move forward in your life, you kind of live your life with this newer perspective because of the lessons you've learned throughout this year. And it's a really good question to ask because it just kind of stops and makes you think about some key moments where maybe you had some learning breakthroughs. Um, for me, uh, some examples are... Um, Looking for a bit more detail and trying to create understanding, that's been a big lesson for me, particularly in business. Um, in my business, I've always had kind of a good overview, but never really dug that deep into um, some of the information that was there in front of me. And this year, I've really tried to take a, a deeper look at um, my business in a way that's really made me see some faults in my business that oh, I, I kind of didn't even see. And you can kind of understand why I didn't see them, because my business is doing fine, but actually, by taking a deeper look, I've been able to go, oh, do you know what? Actually, there's, there's plenty of ways that we can improve the things that we are doing within the business. And that really came from me just having this kind of deeper awareness that I need to look deeper into something to have a better understanding of it. And it's, it's something that probably all of us can really understand, isn't it? Is that any area where we create a higher level of understanding, we tend to be able to make wiser choices in that area. So for me, it was a deeper level of understanding around some of the way I look at my business that then allows me to look at how I move forward with my business in the next period of time. So that was definitely one of the big life lessons I learned. Um, one of the, I've learned some really good strategies this year. Um, definitely the strategy of injecting how I want to feel after the fact has been one that's really influenced my running career. I also had a couple little... Uh, reminders, you know, sometimes in life you move away from something that was really valuable to you and you haven't 
you know, you kind of forget how valuable it was. And for me, I, I, I did that running race, which I talked about in the last couple of shows, and it was hard for me. And I, I, I'm very good at kind of the routine of exercise, but I hadn't necessarily done a hard exercise program for a while. And it just reminded me of how important that is in my life, that doing exercise in itself is really rewarding. But when I get the most from exercise is when I am physically and mentally challenged by it and this is something that I need to kind of make sure I'm injecting in my life more often in my life um, some of the little insights I've gained I've definitely gained deeper insight into love you know being a married man now and, and making and maintaining a good relationship so just you know I, I, again this is kind of some of my insights but I think it's just a really valuable question for you to answer. And I, I'm going to, over our Christmas holiday, when we have our go away for camping, I'm just going to take a little book with me and just do some self-reflection around this because wisdom is great if you apply it when you move forward. So it's one thing to go, well, I learnt this this year, but if I don't necessarily apply it in 2018, then it's kind of a lost opportunity, isn't it? And so if we're going to allow ourselves the time and the space to answer questions like, what have I grown or what's the wisdom I've gained this year? Well, then we want to make sure we don't just kind of have a moment of holding it. We want to be living life moving forward with this wisdom in place. And then I suppose that's the real evolution of self, isn't it? So... You know, for me, over my summer break, I'll get a book, and as I kind of sit down and kind of plan my goals for 2018, you know, I want to kind of evolve that wisdom. I want to be able to sit here with you guys next year and say, okay, well, I learnt this in 2018, a high level of things that I've learnt now. So just some good stuff for you to think about as you head into your kind of end of the year. Now, I know in different parts of the world, it's a different experience. In New Zealand, it's very much a holiday time of year. It's where we take our big holiday break. But in the winter places we're experiencing winter, like the UK and America, it's probably not so much of a holiday period. But I'm sure you have a bit of a moment of reflection. So make sure you do it because... Your experience of life moving forward is going to be better if you can implement the wisdom and hold on to the wisdom and live it with the wisdom you've gained. So, it's brilliant stuff. Anyway, um, if you want to support the show, the Bevan James Oil Show, you can go to my website. I'm actually getting my website done up right now, which is pretty exciting. And um, it's because of the patrons and these are people who support me in what I do. Basically, what happens is each time I deliver a show, you just contribute as little or as much as you want to the show. And here are some of the people who have done that. Sarah, the Oracle Hill. We've got uh, Scott Eka Deka Young, or ACDC Young, David the Unstoppable Storm Hale, we've got Powell the Mystery, Karina Hirschman, and she is lifting higher, Rosa Scott, a deeper level, sorry, Rosa Scott is a girl I know, and she's based in Queenstown nowadays, and um, I was doing the Queenstown Marathon, and probably about a K from the finish, I'm kind of trying to push pretty hard, and then I saw Rosa, and, and it just gave me a smile, I like it, I like it when you see people you know when you're out there racing, uh, and then lastly, Scott Mc, uh, McMillan, and he is Lead Belly, so these people all support the show, and if you want to support what I'm doing, just go to bevanjamesisles.com, you'll see there's a Patreon link within the show notes, and on the site, so you can just help me in getting the show out to you guys every couple of weeks. Anyway, let's get into the main gist of today's show. Have you ever had, ever had like a moment in your life where you've thought to yourself, here I go again. Here I go again. It might be that, you know, you went on a diet and you did with all good intentions and 
you know, you stick at it for a week or so and then you have a total blowout. Um, or you may have even lost a little bit of weight. Let's say you've lost four or five kg and, you know, in that diet, you've done really well, but then you fall off the wagon and you wake up a couple of weeks later and, and you're kind of back to that, having that four or five kg of extra weight back on. It might be that, um, you know, you'd started an exercise routine and you had all good intentions and you joined the gym and you're kind of committed and then, you know, a few, you know, a month later you wake up and you realize you're back on the couch, you haven't really done the exercise and you've fallen away. It might be worse, it might be that you've cheated on a partner or, or an alcohol-related thing or a drug-related thing, but you just wake up and you have this moment which is probably filled with dissatisfaction and disappointment. This, this moment where I was, here I go again, I'm back here again. And often that moment, is be, it comes at the moment that's been led with good intentions. So when you first, you know, you, you wanted to lose that four or five kgs, and when you first started that, you know, there was an energy of, I need to change, I've got to change, and, and I'm, I'm going to change. And so you you look for how you're going to change, and you create a plan. And, and at first, because you've got this energy and intention and hope and goodwill, you start to move towards it, and then something happens and you fall off the wagon, and you, you end up back at square one, in this disappointing place, and this, here I go again. Well, why does this happen? Why does this here I go again place happen? You know, well, well ultimately it happens because you've failed. Um, you know, that you had intentions of creating change and, and creating sustainable long-term change. You know, when you set out to lose that 4kg or stop drinking or start exercise or something like that, the intentions were good. And you thought that if I can do this plan, I can stay in the place that I want to be in for a long period of time. But ultimately, when you have that here again moment, that's the moment after you've failed. And the here I go again really represents, at least in my mind, it really represents this whole idea of, I can't do it. I can't trust, and trust is going to be a word that I'm going to use a lot today, I can't trust myself to be able to do the change that I desire. And In some ways, you know, like I often talk about, um, with, with clients, I'm a big, I'm, I'm a real big believer in a lot of our work and life should be around having good relationships, and particularly if you're in a relationship with a partner, a love partner, um, that we should be putting time into a great relationship. And um, if you've ever heard me talk about this stuff, I'm sure in podcasts in the past I have, but um, the whole idea of that in relationships, the way we communicate to each other is either building trust or betrayal, and in relationships that tend to fail is that over time we have more interactions which are built around betrayal, that the way we communicate with each other shows betrayal, you know, that I can't trust you to be there in my moment of need. And over time that sense of betrayal actually creates a disconnection which ultimately leads to breakups or or bad things in relationships or, or relationships that aren't that good. And when I think about that in this context here within the self, in that... Ultimately, when you ha- you wake up in this moment where it's, here I go again, that there's a sense of that you've betrayed yourself, that you you can't trust yourself to, to make change. 
Now, in times when it's a new area of life, it might you might be a bit more lenient on yourself. It might be, you know, you you try a new hobby. Maybe you tried to pick up guitar and you've never played guitar and so you, and you kind of don't quite grade it and, you know, that might be a little bit different. But in areas where you've tried a lot of times, it might be weight loss, it might be getting fit, it might be healthier, it might be other areas, stopping alcohol and so on. When you've got that here I go again, it's because... There's been many times that you've failed in this area. Here I go again. I can't trust myself. I betray myself in times when I when I try to grow. Now, what, what's really interesting about this is what does what do you hold on to the next time you're going to try change? Like if you experience the here I go again and you've experienced it quite a few times when you move into the next time you try to lose that 4kg what do you move into it with do you have this kind of underlying foundation that tells you "Mm, you're probably going to end up back in that place where you go here I go again this ultimately does teach us that we can't change if every time I try to I end up back in here I go again each time I try, I'm probably doing it with a with a thicker or a, 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 a more solid foundation of you're not going to get there. And then what's the cost of this in your life? You know, this cost of being distrusting yourself to be able to create change. Particularly in big areas of your life. Big areas that really hold you back. You know, I, I think I've talked about you to you guys on the show um, and this is actually quite applicable to this, about one of my clients who I worked with, and I remember I worked for for a while, and, she, and I'm still working for this lady, and she's done amazing, she's a real example of someone who can change, and not just the small things, but in all the big things, and one of the things that I said to her early on in our sessions, which she said really helped her, was I said, you can change, and um, something about that hit a note with her. And, and I wonder, I haven't had to talk to her about this, and I'm, I know she listens to the show, so we, we probably will talk about this, but maybe she had had that experience of here I go again in the area that she needed to work on. And she just learnt because she'd had so much, so many experiences of getting back to that place that she learned that she couldn't change. And by me saying that po- that's possible, that maybe had been a beacon for her, but... It's, it's an interesting thing to think about, you know, if you've got back to this place where every time you try to change, you betray yourself and you build this kind of, I can't trust myself, then what's the cost of this? Well, one cost I've just identified there is that as you look for future change, you probably go into it with a bit of a scarring, a bit of a kind of almost looking for proof that you can't trust yourself. But then also, there's, there's many other costs. You don't change. You don't change. And that's a massive cost. Like not changing, it's particularly when it's an area that really consumes you in your life. Let's say you are overweight and um, you are overweight. And actually it's not just the fact that you don't, you know, that you feel lethargic and, um, you know, you may limit yourself in certain times. Maybe you think about how much you are overweight all the time. And so there's this kind of energy cost that's a wasted, wasted mind space of your life, which could go into more empowering things. And 
if you're not changing, you're staying in that place. I had a conversation with somebody the other night, actually, who, who really struggles with an area of their life, and they kind of just think that that's how life has to be. And it's like, well, what's the cost of you thinking that life has to be like that? You know, that that's really massive. And you should at least be trying to change it. Because otherwise you're accepting this is how my life has to be forever. And if you don't change, that's what you're accepting. You're accepting that this is just the way it's going to be. And I'm sure just about in every area that we can identify, there is proof of other people changing. Weight loss, there's many proof of people who have lost weight and maintained it for a long period of time. You know, people who find exercise, people who give up drinking, people who find healthy relationships and so on. So if you don't change... Well, that's a massive cost there, isn't it? It's a huge cost, especially if it's an area that really affects you and your esteem in life. So if we can kind of interpret what I'm saying here is that if you are somebody who's experienced that, here I go again, I imagine in the area that you're experiencing that in, you're not trusting yourself. And that each time you try to go towards change, you ultimately distrust yourself and you betray yourself. And what that do, it does is it builds a thicker foundation around the fact that you can't trust yourself, which comes at many costs. Looking for proof as you move towards future change, um, thinking you can't change, not trying to change, and then all the effects that come with that. So if we know that's the case, then ultimately I think one thing we want to work on is the idea of you being able to be a person who can trust yourself in the area where you want to try to create change. And today's podcast is very much influenced by some work I'm doing with a client that I have right now. And um, they kind of said to me, oh, oh, you know, we've been doing some work and they've been progressing. And then they had a bit of a bad patch and they woke up and they said, oh, I'm, here I go again. And we, we basically through this conversation, we, we discovered that ultimately they just don't trust themselves. They just don't trust themselves. The evidence has shown them that they can't. The evidence has made them look at themselves and think, actually, maybe this is just what I have to accept. That's a pretty scary way of putting it, isn't it? In the area that probably, you know, that you need to change most in life, because you don't trust yourself and because you've betrayed yourself so many times, I just have to accept this is how I have to live my life. That's that's kind of scary really isn't it when you think of particular if it's an area where you really struggle and it consumes you that's um yeah this is kind of just kind of blows my mind as i think about that so when i was working with this client what we started to work on as well obviously that what we need to do for you is to build trust you know and i kind of looked at it in a, in a couple of ways i kind of looked at it that what we want to think about is Using the goal to build trust, but also using it as the goal to build trust is the motivation for me to do the work that I need to do. And what, so hopefully, what I'm kind of hopefully this makes sense. So, so first of all, obviously, where we're trying to get for away from is that place of um, moving away from betrayal. The, the the place that takes you to here I go again. I don't trust myself, here I am again. And if you look at the person who's successful in areas, like if I think about myself around body weight, I trust myself to maintain my body weight. I've stayed within the same two or three kgs for the last 20 years of my life. I trust that I can do that. I know, I don't, I don't 
I never have that moment where I go, oh, here I go again, I put on 10kg. I don't have that. I have, I trust myself because I know that I can be successful and doing that. And the reason I know I'd be successful is because my proof, my evidence shows me that I know how to manage this kind of composition of my body. And if, and, and I'm sure many people listening to this who have probably, if you've identified earlier on the show around this, here I go again, I'm sure you can point to areas of your life where you can trust yourself. I'm sure there's areas where, you know, it might be, you know, you, you might be good at exercise but bad at nutrition, or you might be um, great at your career where you can trust yourself to deliver in your career. You know, that when we think about the areas where you trust yourself, what creates that trust? And it's a good question to think about. What, in the areas where we do have trust, what creates trust? Well, for me, when I think of the areas in my life where I can trust myself, where I just know I'm, I'm, I've got it. You know, I've got it together in this area. You know, for me, exercise is one of those areas. I've, I've got it. You know, I know, I know I'm going to exercise for the rest of my life. Um, and why is that? Well, I know, I, I know the game. And I have a lot of evidence to prove that I know how to play the game well. And not necessarily as in like, you know, be the fastest runner. As in, I just know how to get out and exercise. I know how to get out the door. I know how to, you know, make it enjoyable for myself. I know how to kind of push myself. And the reason I know that is because I've got many, many experiences that show me that I can do that. I've got this long history of, of experiences that are just proving to me that, hey, you know what, in this area of life, Bev, you can trust yourself. And that's ultimately when you think about the areas of your life where you can trust yourself. Like, what are the, why, why is it you can trust yourself in that area? And if you're listening to this and you, and you are identified with the whole here I go again, the area where you betrayed yourself, well, what's the difference between the area where you betrayed yourself and the area where you trust yourself? Like it's probably a good little thought exercise or grab a piece of paper. You maybe want to pause the podcast and come back to this and, and, you know, put areas of betrayal, areas of trust and the areas where I betray myself. Why do I betray myself? And the areas where I trust myself, why do I trust myself? So going back to my client, what, what we talked about with my client was that, well, ultimately the goal was to get you in the area you're trying to work on to trust yourself. You know, that's, that's ultimately what we want to do. But we also really shifted to this idea of we want to use the idea that you're building your ability to trust yourself as your motivator. And I hope I'm communicating this well, but what I mean here is that in the moments where you get to make a choice, to slot in your mind, oh, if I make the right choice here, the benefit is I'm building my ability to trust myself. I'll say that again because I really want you guys to kind of sit on top of this. That in the areas where I struggled to, be, to trust myself, where I do get back to that, here I go again. In the moments where there's, a, there's an opportunity to build trust, I want to use that as the motivator to make the right choice because I see the value of trusting it. So what we worked with, with my client was this kind of process, and I called it Bevan's Trust Technique. So you can you can practice, if you're someone who's really identifying with what I'm talking about here today, you can practice the Bevan's Trust Technique. And so the first thing we worked on is, is and, and I, I kind of said here that what we were trying to look at is, we want you to use, so the purpose of doing this is to remind yourself to use trust as the motivator when it comes time to act. 
Okay, and and, and this, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper in a second here, but that's that's good. The purpose of doing this is to remind yourself to use trust as a motivator when it comes time to act, and that by acting, you're building your ability to trust yourself in all situations. One thing we discovered in talking with my client is they kind of did have the answers. You know, when you know, if you think of a fork in the road, and and those moments where you get to make a choice. If I said if I said to you, and, and let's take it back to you here, if, if if let's say choose your area that you get back to where I go, if I said to you, when it comes moments where you make the wrong choice, do you have the ability to see the right choice? In the moments where you're in that fork in the road, do you have the ability to see the right choice? Now, if you don't, well, then you need to educate yourself. You need to educate yourself and get the right people around you to, to help you with the right choices. Like, and that's sometimes the case. So the motivation really needs to be about, okay, I need better education. Like, if you know nothing about nutrition, all you eat is junk food all the time, and you didn't actually understand that healthy food is better for you, well, then that person needs education. I think most people are probably not in that place. Most people in that fork in the road, and you were to say, do you, could you see the right choice? I think you probably do have the answers. The, 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 the challenge is, is acting on the right answer, taking the right step on the right path in that fork in the road. So, first of all, the, the Bevan's trust technique worked a little bit like this. First of all, you need to catch moments when you're not trusting yourself. So these, and we'll define these as your fork in the road moments. So in these these kind of moments for you is, when am I not trusting myself? You know, and you may even reflect on that moment of, you know, if if you've got back to that, here I go again, you could probably reflect on the last period of time in your life and see the moments where you took the wrong path on the fork in the road, where, you know, there was kind of option A and option B, and option A was going to take you back to here I go again, and option B was going to build trust. You know, and, and seeing that I could have, I did actually see the right choice. So catch moments when you're not trusting yourself. And then think about, step number two is to think about why you're not trusting yourself. Think of why you don't trust yourself in this moment. And that's a really interesting thing to think about because I imagine maybe the scarring of the past is that that makes you go down the wrong path. You know, oh, in the past, here's what I did. Or or I'm not quite sure, but trying to learn the why in that moment is really important. Then number three is to think of how you could build trust in the situation. So again, that fork in the road. Catch the moment when number one is catch moments when you don't trust yourself. Number two is to think about why you're not trusting yourself. And then number three, and this is really important, think about how you could build trust in this moment. So let's use a food example. So you, you, you know, you're coming home from work or something uh, and fast food pops up into your head. And it's a fork in the road moment, isn't it? Because maybe that night you had good intentions of going home and making a healthy salad and, you know, a little bit of protein or something like that. And the idea of the fast food pops up in your head. Now you're in that fork of the road moment, aren't you? And why can't you trust yourself in that moment? Why can't you trust yourself to, to put the fast food aside, go home and have the salad? Now, I don't have the answers in this situation, but I think that's a really good thing to think about because really you're trying to build a, a better armor for that moment. But in that moment as well is number three is to think of how you could build trust in the situation. So this is a fork in the road moment. When I'm driving home from work, 
Traditionally, I can't trust myself if I think about fast food because I give in. Evidence has showed me because I think about um, that I deserve it because I've had the hard day's work, or I think about how great it's going to have to have that food. So that's why I can't trust myself. But number three, think of how I could build trust in the situation. If you were to go, okay, so this is a moment where I typically betray myself, but in this moment, how do I build trust? Okay, well, I drive away so I don't actually pass the fast food place. I go home and I make that salad. So step four is to take the action that you have to answer number three. So the fork of the road, why wouldn't I trust myself? But what is the thing that's going to help me build trust, which is three. And then number four is to take action. So then to go, you know what? And, and, and probably number five needs to come around. Four and five are almost merged together because five is remind yourself that this is an opportunity for you to build trust and to use this as motivation for you to help yourself move towards the right choice. So in that moment where you you see that the fast food's appealing and you see that you there is another way you can build trust, which is to do the, the salad when you get home. And, that, and that's probably the right action to go to yourself, ah, oh, so actually the reason I want to do this is because I want to be a person who can trust myself around my nutrition. And so while the fast food may be kind of temporarily appealing, it's actually just going to take me back to here I go again. And I don't like that place. I don't want that place. What I want is I want to be somebody who can trust myself around nutrition. And in doing that, I'm going to be able to build an opportunity for me to build trust. So this is actually a good opportunity for me to build the thing that I ultimately want in my life. And it is trust and nutrition and my, my choices around nutrition. And that's that's kind of Bevan's trust technique. And and I probably would say six, seven, eight, I'm kind of throwing these at you right here, is that ideally what you also want to do is each time you win or lose is to learn, reflect and do better next time. So let's say in this example, you do do you go home, you have the salad, and uh, you know you do really well. Well, then you, you do some reflection upon that. Why did I why did I end up eating the salad? Okay, well, in the moment I saw the fork on the road, I really saw oh this is an opportunity for me to build trust, and actually that was more powerful than the dissatisfaction of here I go again. And so that's something to really think about, isn't it? It's just something to um, to really reinforce so that next time. Um, when you hit that next fork in the road, you can kind of go, okay, well, you know, that worked for me last time. This is what I'll use this time. And then probably last, you know, so I would say learn and reflect would be number six. And then number seven is reward. So reward yourself for making the right choice. Now, if we go back to what I was talking about earlier, look at your life and think about the areas where you don't trust yourself, where you go back to that here I go again, and then the areas where you do trust yourself, do you feel that if you were to use Bevan's trust technique of catching the moments where you don't trust yourself, think about why you traditionally wouldn't trust yourself in this moment, think about how you could build trust in this situation, and then to remind yourself that this is an opportunity for you to build trust so you should take the action towards the trust answer, to learn and reflect and to celebrate your successes, do you think that would move you more towards trust? Now, the the fascinating thing is I imagine that if you continually built these winds, the fork in the road would disappear. And I've got a really good example of this. I had one of my runners, we've got one of our runners who's, uh, she's done so, so well, um, joined us at the beginning of this year, um, 
emotionally it was in a really tough moment in her life um she she broke down and kind of into tears when we had our introduction seminar um had failed with pts because they pushed her too hard and so on um and this person has gone you know from really making exercise a big struggle in her life to being really empowered with exercise and and a really good influence in the group and, and she's lost 14 kgs i think even more now so she, i can't remember the number she pulled out the other day but it was a big amount of weight and she came up to me and she said, um, I've, I've just learned so many lessons. I've learned so many lessons about how to be successful. And she said to me, you know, one thing I've learned is I, I've kind of have no rules around, well, not necessarily no rules around food, but I'm not restricting any food now. You know, I, I'm, I'm not saying you can't have this, this and that. And when you go out for functions, you can't, you know, you have, can't have any of the dessert. She said, I've, I've just learned really good strategies around food. Like, for example, when we go out for dinner with friends, I can have dessert. I'm just going to only have a little bit of dessert. You know, that, that's going to be okay. She said another great strategy, another great strategy for her was, you know, in the past when she'd have exercise, she would mean that would allow her to eat more food. So exercise equaled more food. And actually, a really good strategy for her was, um, when I exercise, just maintain the diet I would normally have. So actually, exercise does not equate more food. Exercise just means I've exercised. And I'm just going to maintain the normal diet, or my normal eating habits throughout this. Now, she's lost 14 kgs. And obviously, having exercise and, and what we do has helped her. But more importantly, the way she's approached it is in the moments of weakness in the past where she didn't trust herself, things like going out with friends and trying to restrict herself, which probably meant she went home and ate like crazy because she'd missed out. Things like, when I exercise, it means I can eat more food and probably over or ate poor foods. What she's done is she's now building trust that she can be successful with nutrition in her life. And what's really interesting is, is she's kind of talked, you know, she's a really, I haven't talked about this with her, but this is a really good example of reinforcing what I'm talking about today, is that in those fork in the road moments for her, she could have gone towards betrayal using strategies that had failed in the past, or she thought about how can I build trust in this situation, and again, like I talked about earlier, when she had the answers, hey, when I go out for dinner, don't, don't restrict yourself, but just have the right amount. When I do exercise, don't eat more. Just maintain what you normally eat. Now, this person here, when she looks at herself around weight management, I'm sure she trusts herself so much more now than what she did six months ago when she joined us. And that's powerful moving forward. And and going back to what I talked about earlier, this whole idea of if you don't think you can change, What's the cost for your life in this? And for this person, what's happened is she's created results, she's had evidence of change, and I guarantee that the way she looks at this area of her life now, she just thinks, I can be okay in this area, because she trusts herself, because she's built the trust in herself. And that's ultimately what we want to be doing. If you're someone who's repeatedly experiencing, here I go again, well, you just don't trust yourself. And if you continually not trust yourself, you're never going to think you're going to be able to change. And what I'm trying to inject in today is that you want to use the idea that you can trust yourself in this area as a motivator for help you take good actions that builds the evidence of proof 
which will diminish the betrayal and you'll wake up one day and that whole idea of here I go again is literally a distant memory. And instead of it being what are the costs of that place, it's what are the benefits of me trusting myself. The girl, the runner who came up to me last week, the benefits are she's healthy, she's lost weight, she's in a much better mental place. Possibilities are growing in her mind because suddenly she trusts herself in an area that maybe she didn't in the past. So it's not just the cost that comes with betrayal, but it's the benefit that comes with trust. Imagine in the area where you feel, here I go again, where you feel betrayal of self. Imagine what your life would be like if you trusted yourself in that area. And you could make the decisions and take the actions that came with trust. It's pretty powerful stuff, isn't it? So to recap, many of us have areas of our life where we don't trust ourselves and the cost is massive. We can change it. But we want to use the idea of I'm trying to build trust in this area as a motivator. Bevan's trust technique, which is kind of something I've thrown out there, is catch the moments where you don't trust yourself. See yourself as the fork in the road. And see, number two is, again, think of why I haven't trusted myself traditionally in the past. And then think about how you can build trust in the situation. And I guarantee if you ask that question, you'll come up with the answers. And then four and five merged together is remind yourself at that moment, this is an opportunity for me to build trust. And that's really powerful. I wanna, I'm going to use it to motivate me to take me towards the action that I discovered in step three. From there, you're going to learn and reflect, and you're going to celebrate. Over time, more wins create trust. And again, you'll wake up in one day, and the whole idea of here I go again will be a distant thing from your past. And by doing that, you're going to be that better version of yourself. It's, it's an interesting topic, isn't it? It is a really interesting topic. Um, if, if, if this had a note for you, you need to work on this. You're like, you really do. Because if you're stuck in that place where you've accepted that you can't change, there's a better life out there. And you can change. You really can. And doing some of the work that I've talked about today and, and adding what you learn along the way is massive in, in getting you there. I'm actually going to talk about something else before I wrap up today's show because... Um, I've just had some really cool experiences lately. Um, you know, you've listened to the show for a while, you know I love my piano, um, and I practice really hard every day, and, and, um, and you know, when you practice really hard every day, you kind of get little progresses, but I've had a couple of moments lately that have been really nice for me, and it just reinforces some really powerful stuff. So I practice pretty much the piano. I try to get at least an hour in a day. Um, a lot of days I'll get 90 minutes, and, and pretty much six days a week that's going to happen. It's pretty rare I'll miss piano. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it's something I, I really care about getting better at, and it's something I really try hard at. And, you know, when you kind of do something every day, it's kind of, it's, you know, it's almost a good example is when you have a baby, and every day you see that baby, you don't necessarily see how fast they're growing. And then when you think about somebody else in your life who has a baby and you don't see their kid for every couple of months, and then when you see the baby, it's like, oh my God, this kid's growing so quickly. You know, when we're so close to something, we sometimes don't see the progress as quickly. And we, we you know, you, you don't have those moments of 
seeing a baby two months from now um, because you're kind of just next to it the whole time. And so there's this little kind of little moments of growth get kind of a little bit lost on you. Well, um, like looking back upon photos of a baby that maybe you're next to every day and seeing the baby photos from three or four months ago helps you realize that you've grown. Recently, I've had a cool experience with my piano. So um, I've just gone back with my new tutor. I've got a really great tutor. He's really great, actually. He's been really good for me. And he's um, he's been getting me just doing a lot more working around learning pieces from um, sheet music. And I can do it. It's not something I've, in the last period, it's something I haven't done so much of. I've been doing a bit more ear work and learning from this. There's kind of easy ways to learn nowadays, but not necessarily using sheet work or sheet music. And uh, But... You know, he's, he's getting me doing the sheet music stuff and, and it's challenging and it's hard and, and I kind of like it. But because I've been doing the sheet music work of him, I went back and grabbed some of the pieces that I worked on a couple of years ago. And when I worked on these people's pieces a couple of years ago, they were hard. You know, like a couple of them, I kind of got there in the end, never really played them that well, but I was spending, I remember one song in particular, I probably spent three months on, you know, constantly working at this piece. And last week, I remember the, the song is that I'm Kissing You by Desiree, which is a beautiful kind of love song about from the movie Romeo and Juliet. It's a beautiful piano song. It's I love it. And I, and I could play in the past with the sheet music. And again, I spent about three months trying to learn it. And I, and I often with music, if you don't play it often, you kind of forget how songs get played. And so I thought, well, I'm doing a bit more sheet music lately. I'll, I'll pick up my that I'm Kissing You song and see how I go. Well, I picked it up last Friday, and I've probably spent mm, maybe an hour and a half on it, and I'm halfway through the song, no problems at all. Now, a little bit of it's memory of what I did in the past, but a lot of it's just, I've grown so much. You know, this song that took me a long time to learn in the past, nowadays I can, you know, probably by the time I get to playing it properly, it's probably going to be about five hours work. In the past, I probably spent about 30, 40 hours on it, and played it poorly. And it was just one of those moments where I was like, oh, you have grown. It was one of those moments where I looked at the baby photo from a year ago and I saw, oh, this baby really has grown quite a lot. And it was just really nice. It was a really nice moment where I was like, oh, man, you are becoming a better musician. Um, you know, there's still plenty more work to be done. Um, and uh, But it was just nice to have that moment. And it just reinforced this whole idea of, you know what, working hard at something – there is real value in it, and you know the, the the me two years from now is going to be so much better, just because of the way I'm approaching this. And so it was just a really nice moment, and I think it's really important that we have these reinforcing moments that allow us to see our growth. You know, the, the metaphor I'm using right now is this kind of baby photo is to, you know, when we're sitting next to it all the time, we don't see the growth, but when we can stop and look back and go oh no definitely and have these moments like my piano piece it's pretty cool so I suppose you know for yourself in the areas you're trying to grow maybe just something to think about is okay well well how could I maybe just have a moment where I get to, to stop and see my growth because it does feel good like it felt great for me on last Friday to pick up that song and think fire out man I, I can learn this pretty quick nowadays and I, I have got better and, and, you know, if you'd asked me, if do I get better at piano, I would have said, yeah, I do. But this really let me to see it. And, and, and it, you know, like there is struggle and growth, but it's also really important just to have some moments where you're allowed to, to kind of feel your success. And so it was a pretty cool moment for me. And I wanted to share it with you guys. 
Anyway, uh, that is this week's show. Um, I will put something up in a couple of weeks from now, but it'll be Christmas Day. So it might be the day after Christmas Day I get it out, or the day before Christmas Day. And it may be a best-of show, I'm not quite sure. I might grab an interview from my other podcast I do. Um, something that's applicable to you guys because uh, it's the holiday season. And then I'm not quite sure what I'll do over Christmas. So I will be back. I'll try to get a show out every couple of weeks because that's how we roll. Um, if you've got any questions, you can email me at bevanjames at gmail.com. Spread the love about the show. Let people know about it, particularly if you get value from it. Um, and if you want to become a patron, go to bevanjamesos.com and it's all very obvious on the Patreon page. Um, yeah, you guys have a couple great couple of weeks. Enjoy the lead up to Christmas and I'll see you in a couple of weeks' time.